Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today is the actor Rufus Sewell. I would say, prepare yourself. Uh, Maybe Rufus is already your favourite actor. If he isn't, um, he will probably become so in the next few minutes and not just favorite actor, but favorite human being. Um, oh my God, <laughs> he was, he was, I know I say this about everyone. I know, I know, but he was incredibly nice. He, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're the same. We, we all consider ourselves self-deprecating, but this guy was uh, self-deprecating where he obviously doesn't need to be, but he, but he, you know, he genuinely is um, part of his, Appeal. What what a lovely guy. Um, yeah, I, lo- I loved Rufus a great deal. The Pale Horse is on BBC One. It's an Agatha Christie adaptation. Rufus plays the lead role. By the way, I'm just going to interrupt myself. You can't believe how self-deprecating he is, given the career he has had. And it's not just the, the, the quality and the quantity of the roles, but the, the sheer volume, the, the, the number of years he's been going... And the fact that he's had such a wonderful career, you know, crikey, you can't believe, anyway, he clearly has both, because, you know, not every actor you meet has both feet in the real world. Rufus absolutely does. I, yeah, I think my my love for this man will be apparent in this episode. Uh, Anyway, Rufus plays Mark Easterbrook, as we discuss early on in this chat. I I don't want to spoil anything. Actually, I've not seen episode two, and apparently it goes absolutely bonkers. Um, so I'm probably as much in the dark as you guys, really, because I've only seen episode one. Uh, so Rufus's character's name <laughs> appears on a list that is found in a shoe belonging to a dead woman. And then it goes on from there. So I strongly recommend The Pale Horse. It is not a very well-known Christie adaptation, and I think that that is a strength and as Rufus says it doesn't have a marple or a poirot and when they adapted it anyway I'll, I'll, I'm spoiling Rufus's anecdotes here so I'll, I'll quit my yapping but uh, what a thrill and what an honour to have the wonderful oh by the way check out I've never said this before on any episode I don't think check out the photograph <laughs> of Rufus and myself the reason why I say that is because one of us is <laughs> one of us is a very well known uh, actor of uh, the big screen and the small screen, and one of us is not. <laughs> See if you can pick. <laughs> oh my god! I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm sharing too much here. I'm not one of these people. I don't get too upset over physical. I think you get to an age and you're just like, you know what? This is how I look. It is fine. Let's just crack on. But I must say that was one of the few times where I've looked at a photograph. I'm doing it now, sort of like I'm looking at the flat of my hand and I'm gone. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I'll say no more than that. It, it will it, it will make you smile. It certainly made my wife smile. Uh, but anyway, huge thanks to Rufus and heartfelt thanks to the people who made it happen. I just, I thought the world of this guy. If I was allowed to go back to Los Angeles with Rufus, then please know that I absolutely would. But uh, I've got a wife and two children. 
Um, but yeah, I hope our paths cross. I get, I'm getting all wistful. Uh, anyway, here he is, the great, the, and I mean great, on and off screen. I can vouch for this guy. He was wonderful. I also, I've got to say, the guys at the podcast studio, when Rufus had gone, because he was so lovely, when he said goodbye, all the people at the podcast studio were very much going, oh my God, what a great guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, here he is, the, the, the majestic Rufus Sewell. Lured you in with the porridge, and it turns out there was a, there was a twist at the end. Is that the usual suspects? Where's this going? Ah, oh. uh, Rufus, uh, I couldn't be more grateful. Thanks ever so much. Well, it's nice to be here so far. I oh no, this is a this is a safe space. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I can assure you. Uh, my my concern was my wife and I watched the holiday over Christmas, and then when this was. I'm, I, I'm, I'm already this, concerned. I'm telling this as a friend. Yeah. I said to my wife, I'm concerned I'm going to get lost in his eyes. Oh, yeah. I know. People struggle. And one minute in, I don't know where I am. Yeah. I don't know where I end and you begin. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'd like to apologise, not for my eyes so much, but just for the holiday. Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, good. Are you, are you not, are you, do you not think it, you're not a fan? No. Go on. No. Not my kind of thing. What the listener... are, you, are you shocked by my honesty? What the listener can't see is my jaw just hit the uh, table. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I just, you know, it's for me, it's not not much of a part playing Jasper the wanker. You know, it, um, so yeah, it's like it's it, not really my kind of thing. To tell you the truth, what is what is wh- anything else? Right, sure. Well, what is, I know what is your kind? I love all the people in it. I love. No, I mean, I think it's I think it's fine. It's just that for me. Um, it's not much of a challenge apart like that, you know? Because you can do that in your sleep? Well, no, it's actually quite difficult. I never thought, I was going to say, because I never thought of that, because I thought, I think now it is it is regarded as a fair, you know, quite a beloved Christmas movie. Yeah. So I, I, I think I just wrongly assumed that, you know... What? <laughs> that you, that you, that you... Had it in the same esteem as a lot of it. No, I'm, I'm only being obstreperous deliberately. I mean, I kind of, I know that lots of people love it. Pe- people talk to me about it a lot and I always take in good humour. But, you know, Jasper the Twat is quite a fun twat. part, but it's not, you know, it's like, not like of the thing I'm proudest of. Or anything. Sure. It was quite a, a, f- a, a few fun days. But beyond that, it's, I don't think there's much, you know, there's not much for me to do and it's not much of a part. That's all. For, um, before we get to the Pale Horse, I mean, say like a Knight's Tale. Yeah. I mean, that one, I watched that when it came out. I mean, that that felt like one of those where you must have known at the time, oh, I'm stealing the whole show here. No, I knew that Paul Bettany was stealing the whole show. Really? You read the script. I, I loved doing that, by the way. I, I, I love that film. I had a fantastic time. But I remember reading that and going, who's fucking playing Chaucer? <laughs> <laughs> so you thought... No, I knew. It's an ama- it's written for Chaucer, that role. Right. I mean, for that film. Sure. And... And he absolutely, he was amazing in it, you know. Um, and I like my part too, don't get me wrong. But when, when anyone read that script, the, the question is, so who's, who's playing who's Chaucer? Playing Chaucer. Um, and um, Paul Bettany was a friend of the director, so I think he had that written for him probably. But no, I, I read it and thought... Is that a great line about, does anyone realise how historically inaccurate this all is? Well, yeah, I, I mean, that what was fantastic about that script is that it was written by a really smart director. You know, he got an Oscar for, well, I think he did Mystic River, but he did LA, LA Confidential. I mean, you know, yeah. so this was something anachronistic deliberately. It was, in all the ways it was silly, it knew it was silly. And when you read it, it said, we open with We Will Rock You. You know, all of those, they weren't added later on. And one of my proudest moments is when me and Heath yeah. decided or campaigned to have instead of dance to the music, you know, that replaced by Golden Years, because we were both major David Bowie fans. And that for me, so whenever that scene comes on, I'd get an extra little bump of pride at that. Because that's the scene that really I, I, I really yeah. that. that really yeah. pops out. And then the, does anyone realise how you know um yeah. Hello, it's called a Lance. <laughs> you know, I love yes. all that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, I mean, what you know, with with Heath, you know, he's sort of he's been in the news again because of the the, the Joker movie. You know, mm-hmm. Joaquin talks about him recently. Um, did you know at the time that the the, the guy was lightning in a bottle? You know, was a, was a such a, a talent. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Heath definitely had something about him right from the start. He had a kind of physical dash to him that, you know, you can't fake. I mean, I remember the first time I ever saw myself in a fight scene. It just looked like a vicar falling over a wardrobe, you know, but he had something. So, is that PG, PG Woodhouse? A vicar falling <laughs> yeah. over a wardrobe? I wasn't, unfortunately, I wasn't in a PG Woodhouse. That is I, was, I, was, I was trying to be Butch Love. Um, but then... <laughs> no, sorry, it was the, the, the line. No, I know yeah, what yeah. you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but... But Heath just had this, he he just had some a dash to him, a kind of Flynn-like thing. But, but he also developed enormously as well. He just decided that he wanted to be really, really good. And you could see him, he already had enormous innate talent, but you could see him just will himself towards that and put himself deliberately through, I don't know, difficulties, but he didn't want what they were offering him for free. And, you know, he... That was the way he went, but there was always something very special about him. Certainly, are you still based out in? Because uh, I've you know I've read uh, interviews with you. I know you have been based out in LA. He's still he's still out there now. Yeah, I live there, but it's not for my career. It's because my daughter is there. Yeah, you know I've got a, a six year old girl. And when I went to LA in the first place, I went there with a job. But when the job finished, I'd met someone and I stayed for the relationship. It was never really. I mean, part of the plan, or anything. no? I mean, you know, I hoped that it would help with my career, and it certainly helped with my career in England. But it didn't, you know. I actually have been working more in England since I moved to America than I than I did when I lived in England. Sure. So, so really, um, I don't have to miss England because I'm here very often. I come back and forth all the time, but I'm still based there primarily because that's where my daughter is, and I, you know, want to be present for her. No. I can't believe I'm asking you this question, but I've got to I've got to ask it. What is the secret to eternal youth? Because my wife will tell me every day you've got you, you've got to keep up with your creams, and you're not keeping up with your creams. <laughs> Look at you. There's there's not a line on your face. Oh, I'm glad I came in today. No, I mean, what have you, what have you done there? Uh, have you kept up with your creams? I've kept. I've certainly kept up with my creams. Yes, I drink a lot of water. <laughs> Roof's dietary tips. <laughs> Um, yeah, but also I suppose, you know, I used to live quite hard and I stopped living quite hard about, you know, 15, 16 years ago and that, that helps a bit. So I certainly, when if I look at pictures of me in my thirties, I look younger, but I look, you know, I look like a bit rougher. I can relate. I, so I, I don't mind looking older if it's a kind of healthy older, you know? You look a million, you look a million dollars. Oh, thank you. I, I gave it, I partied hard. I stopped about nine years ago. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, uh. I mean, almost like nine years to the day, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, to anyone who asks me, I say there are there are pros and cons. The cons are, you know, not as much funny, you know, as <laughs> as there was. But the the pros do outweigh the cons, don't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't even agree with what not as much fun because a lot of the things that you that you you might have described as fun were a kind of mirthless trudge through, you know, inverted commas partying. Yeah. That was that was not as fun as it was pretending to be you know actually i i feel that it's kind of um i've got out of my own way somehow and i'm able hey. to enjoy things yeah. in a simple way that i never was before and also to get in touch with some kind of gratitude for the things you do have rather than just obsessed with the stuff that you don't because if you th if you look at your life that way i mean it's not a decision but it's a kind of habit if you look at your life that way even if you get things they immediately become nullified by the fact that you've got them and you immediately put your attention on some other thing that you don't have. It's just a, a pattern of thinking. So, you know, in the past few years, I've, I've tried to concentrate on just enjoying the, the advantages I have, you know, rather than concentrate on what I don't have or, or concentrate, or, or, for example, getting a job and, and obsessing with what it will do for you, what will come from it, rather than presumably the idea of, what you do is that you think you enjoy it yeah. for its own sake. Yeah. Rather than it immediately turning into everything you do, turning into a stepping stone to some other imagined thing, you know, because you never occupy your own life that way. And if you, if, if you can get, and if you can um, get into that space, I mean, that, that's, that's life changing. Instead of thinking, oh God, if, if I get X, I'll be happy. And yeah. If, and if I get Y, I'll be happy. And, it's, and it, you know, and it's, I know it's easier said than done. And it, but so, it's like so meditating. It's not like, it's not like if you, if you, find yourself thinking about something it doesn't mean you failed you just bring yourself back in so i'm not saying i've now achieved this zen like state yeah but it's what i try to get myself back to every once in a while i'll pull myself up and try to think well you know it could be worse you could be doing this you're lucky you know to to remind yourself you know as, as a kind of center to come back to 
you know, it's not like it's a permanent thing. Absolutely. You know. Um, I mean, and this 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 current project, you must be you must be thrilled because everything about it. I mean, even you know the the cinematography. It would look, it would look beautiful on the big screen. Have you seen it? it? Have yeah. You, uh, have you seen one? Yes. Okay, because so. two really flips. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite remarkable what happens. It's quite surprising, which is what what attracted me to it. It's difficult to talk about without giving the game away. Because regular listeners will know that one of my many it's like a bingo of my things that I say a lot. One of them is I don't I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, and so I, and I, with this, I really don't want to spoil anything. But I, I think I can say that a woman's body is found with your character's name on a. Yes, not just my character's name, but a whole list of yes. people, some of whom, or one of whom at least, I know. Um, and my character, Mark Easterbrook, is um, he was widowed, but he's started again. He's found happiness again. Yeah. Um, and his name turns up in this dead woman's shoe, and he seems to be a suspect. Inspector Lejeune, played by Sean Pertwee. Um, so he ends up, as certain, as, especially when other people on that list start to drop, he's afraid for his own life and also he's trying to clear his name. So he ends up trying to find out what's going on. It seems to be connected in some way to three strange women who operate out of an old pub called the Pale Horse who may or may not be witches. Yes. Um, it's beautifully paced as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I, I love I'm the... very interested to hear what you think once you see the second half. Oh, my half. God, I can't yeah. wait. It's not what you expect at all. Uh, one thing I, I, I... Many things I love, but one thing I really loved was that... I don't have my phone with me. Here it is. But it made me do this with my phone, and I, I didn't want to... Oh, I wasn't doing that. Good. I wasn't yeah, yeah. doing that. <laughs> it's one of those where... You know what? I'm not saying this. I'm not... I don't... I wish I worked for Rufus. I don't. But if I did, I'd say maybe put your phone in a different room because this is the sort of thing that commands... <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You must be really you must be chuffed with how this one has turned out. Um, well, yeah, I am. I, and also for me, it's like I'd always wanted to be an Ag- in an Agatha yeah. Christie. I mean, who, who would have? Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to be an Agatha Christie. I've always wanted to be in a Dickens. I haven't done a Dickens yet. Um, but for me when it turned and also it's it's a different type of Agatha Christie because it was written in the 60s. Yes. And so it's set in the kind of milieu that we don't really associate with Agatha Christie, the kind of pre-swinging London, that kind of, you know, jazz kind of set. He's an antiques dealer. He moves along the kind of chattering classes of the day. Uh, but it also goes into this kind of um, wicker man-ish kind of pagan English rural setting, which you don't associate with Agatha, with Agatha Christie sure. at all. So, you know, that was quite um, exciting for me. I, I, I mean, I, I, maybe I'm being too honest here. When I saw it set in the 60s, before I'd re- read about it, I, I thought, oh, they must have moved it out of Agatha's usual yeah, yeah. 20s, 30s. Yeah. And then, oh, no, no, hold my hands up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to- totally wrong. That isn't where we're being cheeky. <laughs> no, yeah, actually, sure. it is surprising, you know. What's interesting, they did it. It's not a famous Agatha Christie because it doesn't have a famous Agatha Christie detective. Yes. And when they televised it before, they drafted in Miss Marple. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Superb. <laughs> to fill in the gaps. Yeah. You know, they haven't done it, thankfully. I'm thankful they didn't do it this time because it gives me more to do. But, yes. Yeah. Um, were, you, were you an Agatha fan before? I've always been a fan. I've never read them, actually, but I've always yeah. been a fan of, um, you know, them on the telly. You know, I've always, for me, it's a part of my childhood memory. So that's why I say that. Christmas Dickens and stuff like that. Yeah. Always, for me, there's certain things that I've always wanted to at least do once. There's being a really good Agatha Christie, playing any kind of character, actually, and the same with Dickens, you know. So for me, yes, I've always enjoyed all of the the ones that I've watched, but I've never read the books, to my shame. Christie's such a trailblazer. If you think about television in general, since yeah. the inception of television, yeah. and the role that Christie played with... Not just who done it, but the idea of a, a, a detective headlining a, a show. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was responsible for for so much. Isn't I know, and that's why it's wonderful to see a movie like Knives Out, which kind of takes that yeah. idea and you know uh, extemporizes on it. You know, have you seen Knives Out? I have. Such a good film. What do you think? I loved it. Great fun, isn't it? I really loved it. I also really liked how timely it was. Um, I thought the writing was fantastic. But you know, you, that's a classic Agatha Christie type formula but just kind of, you know, played around with. I'd love to see that again as well. It's one of those, you, you can, I can imagine watching again and again. Yes, like exactly. Out on uh, Home Entertainment. Um, one <clears throat> one uh, project of yours in recent years, uh, Man in the High Castle, mm-hmm. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, that was just a, a huge hit all around, wasn't it? I mean, that that's what I know where, 
I read one interview where, a guy, you know, you, I think you were in LA and a guy actually does, a, does the Heil Hitler salute at you. It happened quite often. I mean, they, people, you know, to be, well, I don't know, fair is the word, but to be more accurate, people thought they were doing it ironically, kind of as a joke greeting. But still, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. the people would do it at airport. You know, three guys, Zeke hauled me at the airport. I think they thought it was funny. But, you know... <laughs> uh, it, it's a punchy gag. Yeah. I mean, I was... Um, <laughs> this was a really weird moment. That I was in my gym in Los Angeles in the in the changing room. And we're getting changed. It was quite full. And this guy, he'd been packing and looking at me, but he didn't say anything. And just as he left for the door, he went, see you around, you Nazi bastard. <laughs> and he left... And it wasn't him saying that. It was how everyone was looking at me afterwards. Oh, my God. I had to explain, because they were looking at oh me like, God. what? Is, does he know him from some rally or something? Do you know what I mean? And I had to say, um, Just let me know. explain. <laughs> I'm an actor, and this man is... But it was a really... Get, get your IMDb up. Yeah. I, I can prove this, guys. Look at the look to the Zeke Ali, which is me. It's like, who is this person getting these salutes, you know? Um... I mean that that show probably didn't realize it didn't realize at the time black with a lot of great art it proved incredibly personal didn't it yeah well we we kind of realized at the time and when we did the pilot we were talking about how timely it was but then in between that and when we started doing it trump happened etc 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 it got less and less drama and more documentary i mean towards the end towards season 3 they they were having to take things out that they'd just that they'd planned on in the writer's room because things would happen that made them seem too on the nose. What? What I'm saying is that not, it wasn't a case of adding things to make them seem timely. It was about oh having to take things out God. to make them not seem like they were cashing in on things. I mean, not a, a Nazi um, riot in the show with the crowd shouting blood and soil happened and and was planned before that actually happened in America. So, you know, I've always said I would rather be in a show that's less on the button in a better world. Thank you very much. I'm not so keen, you know, for my show to be on the pulse that I'm prepared to sacrifice the peace of, you know, um, of the United States or England. But it was very strange to watch it happen, you know. And I know you've said as well that with that performance, it was important to show that the instead of monsterizing. It's important to make us all realise that these were actual human beings. That yes, were not people. out of sympathy for the character, but not to let the audience off the hook. This, I had this argument quite a lot because new writers and new showrunners would be drafted in quite often. And I would find myself presented with these kind of cliches. People who hadn't, you know, they'd studied up quickly and they thought, OK, bad guy, Nazi, blah, blah, blah. And I would have to fight back a lot to stop them making the even subtle suggestion that this was someone who had a predilection towards evil. Because the whole point is, yes, there are people who, you know, might have more of a predilection towards evil, but the reason Nazism is so frightening is it takes people who are grey, yeah, yeah, you know, people who have their equal or, you know, more or less equal side of good and bad, responsible and irresponsible, you know, um, and feeds one side and starves the other. That's why whole countries can be taken over. Of course, there are those people who stand up and object. And everyone likes to think that I would have said this, I would have said that. But the truth is, a lot of people would find themselves going along with it, you know. And that is what I was interested in. Because to say otherwise lets the audience off the hook. Do you, um, are you optimistic? You know, obviously these are divisive times. Are you optimistic that we can, you know, I mean, the things that, we, that we've seen on the news, especially in America with these marches and so on do you, do you think we the pendulum will swing back the other way will these guys go away or you know i think that, i think, think it will but who knows how far it'll swing in either direction first you know um i really hope it does you know um because it is quite frightening all over the world it's it is all over the world it's not mm. it's but a lot of it is to do with the internet uh, and news being news being compromised and you know and the idea of the idea of truth being corrupted you know, so these things, it, in a way, you could say that to be a Nazi now is almost worse because we know. Because you've got the knowledge of we what? We know. You can deny yeah. if you're a crazy, but we know. Whereas it's a, a, at least arguable that there were people in Germany who could allow themselves not to know. It, it might take a little bit of um, interior gymnastics, but now 
we have the benefit of history behind us. We have us. the benefit, whether you like it or not. You know, people exactly. can say, they can deny it all they like, but that's a choice they're making, you know. So in a way, it's, you know, but anyway. Yes, I like to think that the pendulum will swing back, but who knows what it, whether it's made its complete swing yet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing I want to say actually about uh, Pale Horse is... Um, you in a suit. Now I love I love sixties cinema. So yeah. you know, give me McQueen, Newman. Yeah, yeah. You in a sixties suit, baby. I, you know, you were you were. I mean, you <laughs> were there, me. weren't you? Yeah, I was into it. You know, but the point, is, the the tricky thing is, you don't want to get too into it. He's swishing around like a ponce. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Rufus, will you stop swishing around? Um, but actually, the funny thing is that you know, um, after after a couple of days. You know, you try something or anything. This is cool, but you forget. You have to forget about that, and it just becomes clothes. You know, so invariably, a suit that on the first day you think, "Oh, I hope I can keep this," you're kind of sick of by the end of it. And I think that's oh, the really way it should be. Do you get to take that home? I, mean, I kept one of them. I have to be. Have to, I have to be said. They were but beautiful suits. First thing I, I thought, I wonder if he. I wonder if he. Uh... I had a go. I've said all that, but I, I, I tried to get all of them. That's <laughs> <laughs> what bollocks that was. <laughs> um, you know, g- given given how long your career has been are you able i know we've touched on it early with 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 gratitude but are you able to take that time to smell the roses you know we're sat here now you're the lead in a big bbc drama this is you know it's one of their flagship shows you this is a this is a lovely place to be in isn't it actually yes and the fact is you know i'm 52 um i'm in this show um, I've, I've been at periods when I was younger, when I was in films and stuff, but, but actually right now I really like the way it is. You yeah. Know? Oh, Rufus. But, uh, you know, I, I've been, cause what I always wanted was to be, I was just, I, I was worried for a while that people, that I was more useful than people realized, you know, in terms of as an actor, there's more I could do than I was being asked to do, which is dangerous because it can trick you into not being grateful for the stuff you are doing, you know, but now I really feel like my career is beginning to look like. Um, what I can do, you know, it, and sometimes I have to take little parts in order to show that. So I did Judy because when Rupert Gould offered me the part of this, you know, ex-boxer Jewish New York producer, I thought, well, I know I can do that and he knows I can do that, but some people don't, you know, and Marvellous Mrs. Maisel, where I play this drunk artist and and John Smith, and they're all really nice and different the father that I've just done with Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Coleman, they're all varying sizes. Um, but I was never that fussed about the size of the part. More, I've always been more concerned with having really different types of roles. And at the moment, I might sometimes have to spend a bit of time not working until something good enough comes along. And that could be quite a risk. But it's worth it for me because if you pull back the camera far enough, my career, that it looks like it should. And... That's the one thing I can do to aid that is try to live more or less simply, not be not too extravagant, because I'd rather spend my money on saying no to things if I have to, you know. No, so I'm freelance, so every word that came out, I mean, I was close to... <laughs> but that is true, isn't it? It's important yeah. that when... you know, That's the biggest artistic decision I can make is whether I want a swimming pool or not, you know, <laughs> because you've got yeah. to pay for that stuff. Of course. You know, not that that was ever really a question. But, you know, no, but... I do, but I, and it's important... It's important if, if things are quiet, instead of panicking, it's it's important to probably enjoy the quiet, I guess, isn't it? Yes, and also what I've learnt is that good enough is good enough. It doesn't have to be everything, you know. As far as I'm concerned, if it's respectable, you know, say there's there's quality of script, there's quality of director, there's quality of part, there's size of part, there's the cast, there's where it's filming, and there's pay. Historically, I've been happy. How many variables was that? Seven. Yeah. I've been happy with two of those, generally. Yeah. Three. All seven, that's a... You can get a career out of all seven just once. But, but you know, two or three out of those and never... Those two or three never being money or location. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, but what I'm saying is, if, if something is good enough that it doesn't feel like a compromise, that, you know, I can't predict whether something will be a success or whether it will further my career or whatever. And and when I've tried to do that, I've got it wrong. I am, I'm not a gifted prostitute. I'm willing, but I'm not gifted. So when I've tried to be a whore, it's failed. I've ended up giving a freebie in an alley without realizing it. So I may as well (laughs) stick to my principles because I'm, I'm not very good when I, 
you know, when I become unmoored. I'm not very good at doing something for my career because I always get it wrong. So stuff it. Has there been a... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Look, you know, who doesn't love Burt Reynolds? But, but I remember Burt Reynolds with, uh, there were two movies. One was Striptease, one was Boogie Nights. He thought Striptease was going to be the And great. he was rather rude about Boogie Nights too. He wouldn't help it. That's right. So Who knows he, what that's about? So he, to- he got it totally wrong. Have you, have, you, have you ever had, I'm not saying at the level of Burt's, but have you ever had that where you've thought a project, this is going to be gangbusters then for whatever reason, it just... It's not that I've thought things that were going to be gangbusters, but I've been told they were. I've, you know, I've been, I've now learned that what William Goldman says is true. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. Oh, well, this will lead to this. And I know this looks crap on paper, but if you do this, this will happen. Fucking bollocks. Yeah. It's it's not true. You may as well do what makes you happy. You know, if I was clever enough so to be sure. able to predict, but I can't. And the people that claim to know, it has turned out, do not. Yeah. Um. So, no, I have been assured that things would lead to certain things and they haven't. And that's fine, you know. But you can only hear that so many times without, hopefully, learning and it doesn't mean you need to be bitter about it, but just have a certain level of a wry detachment from that from that part of it. Because not only do, do people not know, even if they were right, one thing leading to the other thing doesn't necessarily make you happy anyway. Absolutely. You, you know, the, the times that I've been most unsatisfied or nuts or, you know, ungrateful are when I've got the things that I thought I wanted. So... It's you need to adjust your attitude, not your career, <laughs> you know, um, and then hopefully, you know, things will just work out in a way that's satisfactory. You know, like as far as I'm concerned, I'm happy with m- sustained moderate happiness. We'll do you know, the highs and lows thing. Sustained moderate. <laughs> if it, I've not I've not got a tattoo, but if I was going to have something tattooed onto my wrist, it would be. Yeah, moderate. moderate I think that's I think that's the that key. Way, yeah. And you, I, I do also find that. Um, the moments where you're desperate for something to ha- you know, desperate for this thing is, is when it doesn't happen. And the moment where you almost let go is when the magic almost comes. Well, it? yes, but there's a danger there. It's a danger that you're trying to treat the universe like some girl who you pretend you don't <laughs> fancy. It's like, I'm just going to walk past. I don't even care. <laughs> the universe, like her, can smell that. <laughs> so I wish I'd met you in my 20s. Yeah. I, really <laughs> I wish, wish I'd met me in my 20s. <laughs> That you've got to be on the lookout for hidden desired outcomes. Because if you tell yourself that you don't need something, do you secretly think that the universe will hear that and go, you know what, now you've earned... It's like at the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's not, you know... (laughs) Go on, you've proved yourself. And I've caught myself doing that. Like, you know what, I don't need any more than I have right now. 
secretly hoping yeah. that some celestial agent will, <laughs> a celestial casting director will say, okay, I think he's ready. He's ready. You know, so yeah, you can't fake it. You can't fake it with work or love, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is tricky to get in that, that sweet spot, I suppose. I mean, you know, you listed some of the, your recent stuff there and the, and the upcoming stuff. And I don't know about the Hopkins thing because I've not seen it. But one thing about you, you know, I could go onto your IMDb, pluck out five things at random. You you, you are, you're never the same guy, are you? You're, you're always mixing it up. And is that a thing that keeps it interesting? Yes, but it's incredibly gratifying to hear that, I must say, because for me, the 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 struggle of my career felt like for a long time, even though I felt that my greatest calling card, not my greatest calling card, but my greatest joy was versatility, was doing completely different things, that ironically it seemed that I was always offered the same kind of things. That even now, to a certain extent, it is changing, that if I'm offered a role, it's likely to range between kind of... The, the ones, if I get offered an American role, yeah. usually it has been upper class, olden days, at least rakish, possibly evil. That was, you know, and and as the years progressed, not the top quality of those type of roles. Because generally, if anyone's going to cast you in something that you've done before, they're not as smart. You know, you're not dealing yeah. with the cream. Mm. If someone wants you to do something they've seen you do before, chances are they're a bit of a burk. So the danger was, the reason I've had to hold, you know, work on my life, so I'm happy to not be um, susceptible to, to bad jobs, is because the jobs that would continually be offered is a kind of... Um, the iteration would be l- lower and lower quality, um, upper-class lordly i mean i've played two different villains who've died tied by their cravat to their own train two <laughs> <That's superb. laughs> i mean if ever you needed illustration so I, I mean the fact is i don't think that still happens now but i can laugh you know yeah. as long as i'm protected by having a life good enough that i don't need to do that and i don't mean in terms of money but just in terms of what i'm trying to prove to who or you know that um, it's gratifying to hear you say that because I think, you know, I've, if I can manage to give that impression, even though it it appears to be the, often the parts of the same that come my way. What what, you know. what do you think changed there? What You know, why has there been this... Um, someone I interviewed relatively recently was, was Patricia Arquette and she felt that there were more uh, better roles out there because of the the various streaming services, so you couldn't. Get That's away- definitely the case. Yeah, she, she felt you can't get away with just making crap because if there's crap on this channel, then the viewer will just get it from. Yeah, so exactly. The, the, right. Not only do the 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 quantity of the roles go up, but the quality is up there. But I've always felt that way when I'm talking to directors. I, I've got an analogy is like with the remote control. So the remote control test. If if there's something that a director asks me to do is in the script that is that is bollocks, it doesn't make sense. That isn't true. I say, I'm not going to... We have to find something else because that is not true. I wouldn't believe it. No one would believe it. If I was watching this, the moment that happened, I'd change the channel and I wouldn't change back. Sure. You know, people are merciless, especially these days. Maybe it's two bullshit things before you change the channel. Like, oh, let's go down into the cellar again. Like, fuck off. You change it. You know, um... By the way, I'm swearing a lot. No, no, it's great. Um, All good. You know, so that is an analogy I use to this is how important it is because I would stop watching. And I don't want to be in something that I would stop watching. I, I argue quite vociferously. Um, but I do think it's it's especially better for me because I was already working in a medium that kind of developed around me. Man of the High yeah. Castle, if it was coming out now, mm-hmm. I've already said this once today, but it is true, um, I would have had stiffer competition for the role. Because at the time that I was offered this, people were still on the fence about moving from movies to TV, etc., etc. At the time I was offered this... Wow, yeah. You know, I think if it was to be... No, it, I might not get the role, but um, that's not a kind of sob story. That's just the the fact. Well, no, I mean it's a positive, know. good for you yeah, for, yeah, uh, for getting there first, you know. But um, what's changed? I don't know. I think in England for a long time, I think I was considered as a, a, a type rather than actor. That type changed. I had this kind of slowly revolving typecast. At one point, I was a kind of you know period drama, whatever. Then I was a. I don't know. It, it seems to have changed. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I think. Oh, 
it's it's you know the good thing for me is to kind of let go of all that stuff because that old complaint doesn't seem to be in evidence in my career now so i should just let that go (laughs) so do you think man in the high castle is that one of the things that that helped change that has uh opened so many doors i don't think so really not not in my experience i don't think enough i don't know anything that's come from that i think i think it's just me doggedly sticking to my guns when people told me what kind of actor I was and I'd say no you're wrong you know um good for you I don't I don't know I I've never con- been conscious of having a job that has changed anything for me it's been very very slow it's been a combination of things for me it was the combination of playing lord melbourne and victoria yep. at the same time as doing man in the high castle that somehow <clears throat> as a statement of intent felt important to me and then I realised that yeah, look, I'm doing, I can do, I'm doing this, and I'm doing yeah, this. yeah. Not that I need the to. I, I I got to a stage where I thought I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I'm not saying that my work's so fantastic, but in terms of proving the people that I whose opinions I care about, I realised I didn't care. I wasn't worried about them. I wasn't worried about the opinions of people whom I respected. I seemed to be caught up in pursuing the opinions of people who I did not respect. Because anyone who I respect, I don't worry about what they think. Of course. I suppose course. that's partly because you, you're you're reliant on the opinions of people you might not necessarily agree with <laughs> to, be, to get jobs. But it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, not a healthy kind of trick to get um, your mind involved in, you know, that thinking. Uh, yeah, I once said, once said Michael Johnson, the former athlete, say as well, "You can only ever you can only ever focus on you. You can't focus on other people." And that that's I think there's a lot of truth in that as well, isn't there? Well, in terms of what other people perceive, you, you can't you can fall into the trap of you, you you can use the world as a mirror if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah. You know how am I doing? How am I doing? You know you can use a mirror <laughs> for that. You can use other people's facial expressions for that. You can use Instagram for that. You can use you know of course. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a losing game that, so yeah, you should care about other people, but you shouldn't look to other people to find out who you are. What, what can you share about the Hopkins, uh, Coleman project? Well, it's called The Father and it's written by Florian Zellos, this really fantastic French playwright. Um, it was a big hit in London, Paris, and the English version was translated by Christopher Hampton, who's a fantastic playwright and writer. And, um. He's directed the film of his own play, Florian. And I got contacted, you know, um, when it was Anthony Hopkins, which was very exciting for me, and Olivia Coleman at the time. This was a while ago. So it was like Oscar winning um, Anthony Hopkins and also quite a good actress. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, obviously a great actress, Olivia Coleman. Since then, she got an Oscar yeah. as well. So I was like conscious of being sandwiched between these two Oscar winners. <laughs> um, but it was actually a really, it was a wonderful experience. It was just such fun. They're both so good, but, you know, it's a, Imogen Poots is in it, Mark Gatiss and Olivia Williams is in it. It's a really uh, wow. great cast and it was a great experience um, and easy, strangely enough. I mean, you sure. put in the work, but it was fun. There was no bullshit. Easy because of all the years and years you've done before, I get You know, you're, you're ready. You know, no, you're... I don't mean easy for me. I just mean the atmosphere was easy. Okay. You know, you, you do the work, but you don't carry the work with you. And actually, I just mean that it was very pleasant and there was no time wasted on bullshit. It's like perfectly pleasant, very nice place to go to work to. You did the scenes. Oh, that's nice. And just, we had a lot of fun as well, even though the, the, the story itself is actually, well, it's actually quite funny in a way, but it's quite sad also. It's about Alzheimer's effectively. Um, and it's about a father who's you know in decline, living with his mother, living with his, not his mother, over G Freud, living with his um, daughter and a daughter's husband. But you see it through his perspective, so it all gets a bit oh, wow. um, whipped up and sure. and uh, blended. Um, and that's um, on at Sundance in a couple of days, and uh, I think it's out later in the year. Do you, we, we, you know, we mentioned Oscars there. <laughs> I'm someone that, since I was a child, would you know, I'd be, I'd be knackered at school for the next week because I'd stayed up watching the Oscar. I mean, it's you know, tragic. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you ever let the mind wander? You know, has that ever been? You know, and the, do, you know, mentally, you ever go in and the Oscar goes to, or do you never get? Have you never been bothered about that sort of thing? I don't know. I mean, the joke I always made is I'd love to be nominated for awards so my contempt for awards might register. <laughs> but um, it doesn't really. No one notices unless you're nominated. Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't know these, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is I was actually felt quite fortunate with Man in the High Castle that it very quickly became evident that it wasn't awards fodder. That I think maybe because of difficulties with the first season, maybe because the subject matter, maybe it very quickly became clear that we weren't in the running for any of those things. And after that was clear to me, at least, it was tremendously liberating. The shoulders dropped almost. Because you weren't waiting to see, to get the thumbs up or the thumbs down. I felt like it was a completely safe environment, almost like drama school, where you could fail or succeed and no one seemed to notice. It was great. People really liked it, but you didn't, this kind of thing that can happen where you just wait to find out if you're any good or not, if people care. And I'm... I feel a slight sadness about the fact that I don't think this lesson was a permanent one. It was just an effect of the job that I'm back at the game now of possibly caring a bit more than I want to. But I think it's, you know, my attitude is I will care if I need to. And otherwise, I quite enjoy watching it from a distance. Do you know what I mean? I've become quite self-sufficient in judging the worth of my own work by my own standards. And I know that there's stuff that I've done that I've been very proud of that hasn't really picked up attention. And there's been work that I've done um, that I knew would get critical attention because of the timing, because of the type of role, because of where it was, and I have been right, and vice versa. Um, It's not that it's not good for business and very pleasant when it happens, but I try not to believe the good stuff too much, which means... You don't believe the bad stuff too much either. I mean, I've had bad reviews that I know are true. And I've, I've, you know, I've, sometimes the truth can hit you in a bad review and sometimes a good review can be a lie. You know, and sometimes it's a mixture of both. And also things that don't do well at the time can end up in the future having a, a second. You know, I, I know It's a Wonderful Life is an extreme example, but that did not do well at the box office. But then by being by virtue of being repeated on American television because yeah. this... Well, there's a thing that happens with actors that I'm very covetous of, which is, which is it makes life so easy, what I call tenure, which is that moment when everyone decides you're brilliant and then backdates it to all your previous performances. You know, <laughs> and I know it's unfair, but don't stop till it's happened to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that, you know, they say, oh, a magnificent early performance by... You know, they may have said it was crap at the time, yeah. but it just, like, everyone gets the memo and everyone decides you're good. And from then on, getting work can be quite, come quite easy, you know. And I think that's a very useful thing that could happen. Now, I know, I know we've got to go, but um, with with Pale Horse, I mean, you don't need to tell you this, the notices are going to be super strong. I mean, this is a really nuanced... I have horse. no idea whether that's true or not, but I'm glad you think I'm gonna, so. I'm, tell, I'm telling you uh, right now. OK, good. And to see you up, you know, to see you... Yeah, you know, that's another benefit of TV, but, to you know, there, there's some... To see you up close like that is, you know, there's a lot going on with this character. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, oh, you'll find out, mate. Oh, my God. I mean, it's the episode two. <laughs> Before you do go, may I ask, um, question I often forget to ask, what what do you do for, for balance? I know you drink lots of water, but what, what else do you do for, for balance? Um, I... <sighs> I try to forgive. I try to, you know, it's like gratitude. It's like try not to hold on to resentments. Try not to, you know, try to drink a little water. Try not to hold on to resentments. Um, I try to meditate. Um, Every day? I try to every day. Once a week, I try every day to meditate. <laughs> I mean, I, I speak from a position of having... I, I, I did it today, but it's something I go in and out of, but I know that it does me a lot of good. I like to run. I love to run. Um, and uh, I try to, as I said, basically what I've been talking about, I try to... Um, I try to enjoy the, the, the day that I have rather than obsess about a day that I'm not experiencing in the future. <laughs> a lot of your, some of your answers that you've really reached in and uh, ripped my soul out. And that, that last one is, is, is right up there. So oh, good. Thank you. It's been so, it's been so lovely. To, you can probably tell it's, it's been, been lovely, so lovely talking to, to you too. I've yeah, really enjoyed I've it. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Rufus. Right, I'm really mate. grateful. Thank you very much. All right. Bless you. Thanks man. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. I thought I might enjoy this one, but I enjoyed it more than I thought too. So. <laughs> <laughs> How lovely. You see what I mean, don't you? You miss him already. I know I do. Uh, amazing. I, what a guy, Rufus Sewell. Uh, Pale Horse, BBC One. You will not be disappointed. It is wonderful. Either watch it live or, you know, watch it on iPlayer or Skycatcher, whatever. As ever, if you can share it, five-star review, positive write-up. Uh, tell your mates, we're on the socials, at Balance LDN. 
Uh, I'll be sharing as well at James Gill Comedy. Our website is bounce.media. Huge and heartfelt thanks. Thank you again to Rufus. Anyway, thank you again. Take care. God bless you. I've been James Gill. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.